You know, one of my favorite verses in the Bible is Proverbs 16.32. Now, Josh is going to be surprised because he knows what my other favorite verse is in the Bible, and it's the shortest verse in the Bible. How many of you know what the shortest verse in the Bible is? Okay, what is it? Jesus wept, John 11.35, Jesus wept. Why did Jesus weep? You've got to read John 11.35 to find out. This other verse is out of Proverbs. It's chapter 16, verse 32, and it says in the New King James Version, He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. Solomon realized that self-discipline is more important and more difficult than physical strength and ability. Later, Paul wrote in 2 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Sound mind means self-control and self-discipline. With God's strength and help through the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit, who lives inside every born-again person, we can set the tone for every day of our lives. In fact, self-control is a byproduct of our relationship with the Holy Spirit. It's referred to in Galatians as part of the fruit of the Spirit that's produced in the life of the believer. Because the Holy Spirit enables us to rule our spirits or to have self-control, you and I have a profound impact on setting the tone for our day. We have a choice each day how we'll proceed through that day. You and I must make a choice at the outset of every situation. Will this ruin my day? Or is this an opportunity for God to move? To a large degree, what can control, or we can control to what extent it will affect us. Most of our negative thoughts come from, from our constantly repeating the lies of the enemy. Rather than training our spirits to rule well and be self-controlled, we've trained our human spirits to, re, to repeat the negative garbage of this world. The bulk of oppressive and depressive thoughts are the fiery darts of the enemy that arrive to greet us when we wake up every morning. Some people get up in the morning and begin thinking negative thoughts from the moment their feet hit the ground, maybe even before you get out of bed. Oh, I hate going to work. I wish I didn't have to get up. I don't want to go to church. Reminds me of the story of the a uh, man who kept saying to it, he lived at home still, and he says, Mom, I really don't want to go to church today. Mom, I just don't want to go. You've got to go to church today, honey. No, Mom, I really don't want to go. Yes, you have to go, honey. You're the pastor. <laughs> well, we can all think of those things. I don't want to go to church. I've been working all week. Why do I bother those negative thoughts? We can get into the habit of doing it without even realize, realizing that we're setting the tone for the day. We were thinking negatively about our day before it even begins. In essence, we're saying to the devil, yes, I agree with you that it's going to be a bad day and I'm going to hate it. Thank you, Satan, for reminding me that I'm trash and I'm nothing to everyone. Now, I know that might seem a little silly, but you know it's true. We do this kind of stuff every day. 
God's word would never tell us to continually confess and dwell on negative things about our situation or ourselves. So then, where do these kinds of thoughts come from? Who's behind these such, those words? It certainly isn't God. All of these negative thoughts can develop to such a degree that they become a form of depression. Have you ever felt like you didn't want to get out of bed in the morning? I know I have frequently. I just don't feel like getting up this morning. There are times when the lies of the enemy try to convince us that life is not worth living. Nobody needs us. Nobody cares. And it can build up over time or it can come out of nowhere. All of these things point to a spirit of heaviness. There's a song in the Salvation Army songbook, and I don't know, many of you don't know me well. I, I was a Salvation Army pastor for many years. Um, and this song says, Do you sometimes feel that no one truly knows you? Or that no one understands or really cares? Through his people, God himself is close beside you. And through them, he plans to answer all your prayers. Someone cares. Someone cares. Someone knows your deepest need, your burdens share. Someone cares, someone cares. God himself will hear the whisper of your prayers. Have you ever met someone with a spirit of heaviness? You ask, how are you doing today? And he responds, don't ask. Or you say, hey, how's it going? And she replies, that's nah, going. We sometimes say that a person has the blues, but what that person really has is a spirit, a spirit of heaviness. When you get depressed, when you start to feel sorry for yourself, when you're going through a darkness, a time of obscurity and feebleness, that's the spirit of heaviness. There's an enemy of your soul who will do anything to discourage and destroy you. It's a spirit sent from hell. But praise God, there's a cure. Isaiah 61, 1 through 3 says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and, to open the, and the opening of the prisons to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. The Hebrew word of heaviness means distressed or full of heaviness, brokenhearted, affliction of self, self-depression, feeble, obscure, darkish. Do you recognize a time that you've been afflicted with that spirit of heaviness? If you have one now, as I'm sure most of us do at one point or another, listen up. Listen, because God wants to tell you something today. If you should ever encounter that spirit of heaviness, God is going to tell you how to deal with it today. You must choose to put on praise. You must choose to put on praise.
praise. The only way to replace the spirit of heaviness is to put on the garment of praise. And we must choose to do that. Just as we choose to say the negative things that the enemy is feeding us, we can choose to put on praise instead. Praise is the garment that we're supposed to wear. Jesus, through the power of his Holy Spirit, provides it, but it's our responsibility to put it on. It's there for us, but it won't do us any good unless we use it. Put on praise. Now let's dig just a little deeper for a minute. Psalm 119 says, My soul melts from heaviness. Strengthen me according to your word. How are we strengthened? We're made strong by the word of God. What God's word says about our lives and situation will strengthen us. When heaviness shows up, start praising God for his promises. Proverbs 12.25 says, Anxiety in the heart of a man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. We've all been there when everything seems to be crashing in around us, when the odds are stacked against us, when we're at the proverbial end of our rope. I've had to learn the hard way that even when I don't feel like it, I need to praise God. There's power in praising God. He's promised to inhabit our praise. Even when I'm not sensing his presence, I need to praise him because he has a proven track record of always coming through. God always comes through. This is when godly character must kick in and do the right thing, whether we feel like it or not. And the right thing is to put on that garment of praise. You've probably seen the TV commercials that promotes the cereal Wheaties as the breakfast of champions. Even more than needing our Wheaties in the morning, we need to put on praise. What would our day look like if we met the morning with praise and began to thank God from the outset of who he is and what he's done and what he's promised to do for us? The spirit of heaviness wants you to get up and begin the day with a new string of negative thoughts. But you can turn that around by jumping out of bed and proclaiming, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I didn't hear an amen. The more you continue to praise God, the fainter the lies of the enemy become because you're feeding your faith and starving your doubts by putting on the garment of praise. You need to be putting on praise. God's not going to put it on for you. You have to do it. I can't put it on. This church can't put it on you. Even if everyone around you is clapping and singing and shouting and dancing, you must decide to put it on yourself. You can't be using someone else's testimony or someone else's praise. Your praise must come from inside of you. Each of us needs to put on the garment of praise. Jesus reminds us in Matthew 12, 34, that the mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart. What's in your heart today? I can tell when I haven't been in the word like I should be. I can also tell when I haven't been spending time in God's presence like I should. How can I tell? 
I can detect it in my speech. When I start getting negative or critical, I can almost always trace it to one of those two things. When I've been in God's word like I should and when I'm spending personal time in God's presence like I should, I don't speak like that. We reflect what we behold. And if I'm beholding the Lord and his word, my life and speech will reflect that. I want to mirror him and all that he is. It doesn't matter if you've been a Christian for 30 minutes, 30 days, or 30 years. The enemy's tactics are pretty consistent because they work. He attacks us in our mind. The devil brings fear, tries to sow doubt, and unleashes discouragement at us. In other words, all the things God would never tell you, the devil will, and he does. For instance, one of, my fir- one of the first things many Christians experience after being saved is that cynical little voice that says, You're not saved. Sound familiar? Of course it does. Because he does it to everyone. It's the same broken record over and over and over again. A number one hit in hell, if you might. You're not saved. You're not called to ministry. God's not going to use you. Look what you used to do. You're not filled with the Spirit. The lies go on and on. And as creatures of habit, if we repeat them long enough, we start to believe them. That's why it's so important to repeat what God's word says. When we praise and worship God, we should use scripture all the time, whether we're reading it, speaking it, singing it, or shouting it. God's word is powerful. By saying God's word aloud, you'll find that it has an undeniable effect on you and your situation. Proverbs 18.21 says, Life and earth are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. When we speak God's word, we are speaking life. And when we speak the lies of the enemy, we're speaking death. Remember that God spoke the world into existence. Words are powerful things. Our words can bless or curse. Our words can heal or hurt. Our words can bring inclusion or isolation. We need to let the power of God's word heal us and others. Proverbs 4, 20 through 23 says, My son, pay attention to my words. Listen closely to my sayings. Don't lose sight of them. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find him and health to one's whole body. Guard your heart above all else, for it is the source of life. God's word can have an impact on our physiology. Doctors treat patients every day who have been wounded and destroyed by the words of others. Of course, it's Satan behind all of it doing what, his, what he does best. Kill, steal, and destroy. You and I have felt the pain of words spoken against us, and we've witnessed firsthand the damage that they do to us. But how much more power would our speech have if it were God's holy spoken word under the unction of the Holy Spirit? That would stop the enemy dead in his tracks. And it will bring healing to our spirits, our souls, our bodies, and our church. 
Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and effective and sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating as far as to divide soul, spirits, joint, and marrow. It is a judge of ideas and thoughts of the heart. When we spend time in God's word in our personal worship time with him, the Holy Spirit will use his word like a scalpel to separate and surgically remove those things that hinder our growth in Christ Jesus. And because of Jesus' shed blood, we can confess those things, be forgiven of them, and draw closer still. That is worship. That is relationship. Furthermore, God's spoken word in our mouth becomes a sword against the enemy and his lies. Ephesians 6.17 says, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is God's word. God's word in the Greek word logos, uh, sorry, God's word is not the Greek word logos, which means written word. It's the Greek word rhema, which means spoken word. In Paul's teachings about the believer's armor, the only offensive weapon he mentions is the word of God. God's word in our mouth, spoken out loud in our prayer and praise, becomes a sufficient weapon against the evil one and all of his negative attacks. That's a powerful truth. No other weapon against the enemy is on the list in Ephesians except the word of God in our mouths. The trouble is we don't use it like we should or as often as we should. If we did, can you imagine how potent the ranks of Christendom would be? So instead of preaching the enemy's lies, let's start repeating the good word. That is God's word and make our hearts glad. Lord, let us be strengthened according to your word. And finally, what's in your praise wardrobe? One of the first things we decide in the morning is, what are, you, what are we going to wear? This morning I had trouble deciding, should I wear a tie or not? Oh, I just didn't feel like having my neck all clogged up today. So I didn't put a tie on. Some of you may have gone and said, oh, I don't feel like getting dressed today. But I really have to go to church, so I better show up. So we get up, we put on some clothes. Sometimes we put some thought into it. Other times we throw on sweatpants and a t-shirt. We also have a spiritual decision about what to wear every day. Will I or won't I put on the garment of praise? I've even found that we can fine-tune our wardrobe for any occasion. God has given us plenty of options. Each morning we need to get up, open our praise wardrobe and say, What should I wear today? Our attitude needs to be, I'm not going to be depressed today. I'm not going to be negative. I'm not going to be Satan's punching bag today. I'm going to put on my garment of praise. You might pull out, of this, out this garment from Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon formed against you will succeed, and you will refute any accusation raised against you in court. This is the heritage of the Lord's servants, and their righteousness is from me. Or you might try one of these, again from Isaiah chapter 43, verses 1 and 2. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. 
I will be with you when you pass through the rivers. They will not overwhelm you. You will not be scorched when you walk through the fire and the flames will not burn you. Isaiah 40, 31 says, But those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. This praise garments helped me before from Psalm 136. One. It says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His mercy endures forever. And I wore this garment of praise when I didn't know how to pay my bills. Psalm 419 says, And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. And I wore this when I had a disconcerting doctor's report recently. 1 Peter 2.24 He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, so that having died to sins, we might live for righteousness. By his wounding, we are healed. Don't tell me you don't have anything to wear for your spiritual praise. You've been looking in the wrong wardrobe. You may have more outfits than you'll wear in a lifetime. In fact, I just heard someone say this morning that they had three closets full of clothes. Didn't have to wash a shirt for 90 days. I'm not looking at Dennis, so. <laughs> Have you ever met someone? <laughs> this kind of makes this funny, you know. Have you ever met someone who changes clothes three or four times a day? I can't, it doesn't make any sense to me, but some people do it. Well, with your personal praise wardrobe, you can wear as many outfits a day as you want, and there's no laundry to do. They are self-cleaning. Now, some of you might think that my metaphor of a praise wardrobe is silly. But you know, it's grounded in the truth of God's word. Sometimes we miss the simple things of God because we become too analytical about scripture. It's not brain surgery. Speaking God's word works, period. It won't only change you, but it'll change your family, your ministry, your jobs, your friends, and the list could go on and on. There's something blessed about the person who's learned to love and treasure God's word. People will want to be around you because the world hungers to hear something good, something hopeful, something merciful, loving, something life-changing. People will experience the healing effect of God's word as you and I live it, and speak it. We must remember that God's word is a two-edged sword. When we praise God, it scatters the enemy. You pr your praise lets hell know every day who they're dealing with. Remember, the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Amen. The devil is a liar and God is on the throne. Let me give you some good news today. Jesus Christ specializes in healing people from the inside out. Jesus is the answer to what ails us. The praise of God and the repeating of his promises have a profound healing effect upon our human spirits. 
I realized long ago that if we were to make it through difficult times, we'd better have a powerful weapon in our arsenal. The devil knows all about it, and so should we. Let's put on that garment of praise right now. Hell's negative energy cannot operate in an atmosphere of praise. Hell's anti-hope agenda doesn't work on people who wear the garment of praise. Get rid of the spirit of heaviness now in your life. Start praising God where you are. Put on the garment of praise. Shall we pray? Precious Lord, take my hand, lead me on, let me stand. I am tired, I am weak, I am warm. Through the storm, through the night, lead me on to the light. Take my hand, precious Lord, lead me home. When the way grows drear, precious Lord, linger near. When my life is almost gone, hear my cry, hear my call. Hold my hand, lest I fall. Take my hand, precious Lord, lead me home. Lord, that is our prayer this morning, that as we put on the garment of praise, we will remember that you are always with us and guide us and protect us. Give each of us this morning the power to do what you require of each of us. Help us to live our lives in a praising attitude every day. Lord, bless each person here this morning with your grace and presence in their lives. If there are some here this morning that don't know you or may have wandered from the path that you want us on, give us strength to move where we're supposed to be. And if we don't know where that is, Lord, Give us the insight and the knowledge of your presence in our lives and help us to, put, to live our lives according to your will, putting on the garment of praise this morning. Amen.